Hi there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage needed to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the show. This is Mo and Ayomi Day. And we're so excited our conversations on fathers, especially fatherhood. And we had rolled out a promotion on our Instagram page at the More Simple Podcast, where we wanted people to just, you know, tell us about their father, especially one big sacrifice they made. And our guest today wrote something that was so heartwarming. And we just knew that we had to get her on the show. I mean, I've known her for a little bit of time, and I know she's very passionate about podcasting in africa and she you know her voice is very soothing so i've been wanting to bring her on the show so it's really just as well so everyone please join me in welcome join us actually in welcoming rafia takiwande and her beloved father mr takiwande to the podcast thank you for having us <laughs> thank you very much we're happy yes yes thank yes, you for yes. coming so um yeah I thank you again um from me as well um and and um yeah just every, well everyone doesn't know this but we had a little bit of a hiccup and Rafia has already been so amazing in in yes. um, helping us make this work um so yeah massive thanks for that as well um so we'll start with you Rafia um and so you talked about your dad and and the sacrifice he made so do you want to start by just telling us um um, who he is to you and, and just um, how you would describe him to someone who doesn't know him, which is, I suppose, at this point, everyone who's listening. Okay. Um, I would describe, I normally would describe my dad as my hero. And I know that's very cliche, but honestly, I see my dad as the hero. I see my dad as a superstar. <laughs> and that's because, and I see my dad as my biggest cheerleader. Honestly, till mm. today, my dad still leaves comments on my Instagram posts, on my Facebook posts. He listens mm. to all, all the podcasts I produce. So my dad has always been my biggest cheerleader from time, from as far back as I can remember. And mm. when it comes to like sacrificing and being there for your kids, I think that, you know, for me, I've seen my dad do that over and over again my dad is was uh, a banker he did that for about 23 years and despite the fact that this is a very exhausting kind of work to do you don't always have the time I used to remember that my dad would come back late, but he would still come into our rooms and he would still you know leave his jacket for us he would touch your face he would give you a peck just so that even when we woke up in the morning and we didn't see him we knew that daddy came home you know and for me that was a sign of somebody that wanted to make sure that you were in his life. And I know that my dad, oh, since I could ever remember, my dad will always refer to me as a tigress. I never understood that there was something that a girl could do or a, a guy could do until I left my house. 
because my dad never ever made me feel that way i always felt like i could do absolutely anything because i mean my dad said i could so until i left the house before i realized oops some people are told that they can't do this because they are girls and some people are told they can't do this i mm. never got that from my dad i grew up understanding that i could be just as confident as i wanted to be i could be out outspoken as i wanted to be. because you know as a young child i was very inquisitive i was also a talkative and my dad never really reprimanded me for that he used to really encourage me to talk even on the path of you know becoming a podcaster or being having like a career in terms of media it's something that my dad nurtured all by himself my dad used to make me watch you know the news every as far back as i was 5 he would make me read, watch the news with him he would make me read newspapers with him he would buy books for me and he would tell me you know what when i come back i need you to tell me what you learned from this particular book and what you learned from that particular book so right from as far back as i could remember my dad has always been the superstar the hero and also my dad is very handsome so he also <laughs> helps to to see him as a, as a superstar in that light you know always grew, i grew up i grew up knowing that everybody around me always said yo that is so handsome you know so, so like i always saw him as that superstar that hero and that person that was always going to cheer me on regardless of what i was doing with my life provided that it was positive and very very legal <laughs> wow I mean that's yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like even with all of that we can even wrap up the session because I mean <laughs> how do you how do you talk that I'm flattered really Yes I mean yeah I mean yeah I would kill to have a child speak of me like that Yes yes that was what I was about to say and okay for guys for those who don't know yet the entry, this is what um Rafiat put on our Instagram page and I'm going to read it out she said One of the most significant sacrifices I remember that my dad did was when I got my admission into the unit school and he had to sell all of his shares to make sure it was possible. He had just lost his job and even though I had three different scholarships in other secondary schools and I didn't want them, I wanted the unit school which at the time cost 33,000 naira. In context maybe about, you know, $33 in terms of fees for a new student. Seeing and knowing that my dad took that step and made that sacrifice made me resolve never to fail in school and to make sure he never finds a reason to regret that decision. Thank you for your sacrifice, Daddy. I remember it always, and I'm forever grateful. For those that don't know, Nigerian fathers on their shares are like five and six. I mean, these are like things you bank into the future. And for that to have been sold for education, I mean, that's a very that's sacrifice. literally that's literally investing in your kids. Literally, like yes. you, you can't you can't get more literal than that. It's like saying I'm going to take all my investment and I'm going to put it in this daughter of mine. I, I mean, like yeah, that's that's massive. And who does that remind you of? Was it not something Jiradi's dad? You know, yeah. You remember the story of Jiradi's dad? So yeah. daddy, daddy, yeah. sir, I'm curious to ask you this question. There's some, one of one of the questions I immediately and I explore the show is about modeling in the sense that we have usually two kinds of parents those who had good examples and they you know they carried that through when they have their kids or those that didn't have good examples growing up so they kind of go the opposite like you know I'm going to make sure that I give my kids what I didn't have how was your um, relationship with your father and how much would you say that you know influenced your parenting style sir Okay, uh, you know, right from, right from the beginning, I was, I am still a model and hero 
and my dad was my hero you know my dad is somebody who you can describe as somebody who is never tired he's not a lazy man and always find work for you to do no matter how tight the schedule my daddy was somebody who wants you to walk around the clock no matter what you are doing even if you are reading there's a type of job is going to give you that you are reading at the same time you are working one thing i learned from my daddy is keeping your kids close to you if you want them to be something in life and keeping your kids close to you means watching them how they grow watching their interest and not killing their interest in anything that is positive i had taken the uh the re- i have taken the listening um, um the, i've made up my mind about my kids that whatever they want to do positively especially the girls because you know in this country i always hear that uh, ladies cannot do anything girls cannot do anything but i wanted my own kids to be different i wanted my own daughter to be able to do anything a boy can do so i never discriminated against any of them i always encouraged the girls to do exactly what the boys can do and sometimes the girls even beat the boys in whatever i said for them to do uh rafia had been one of just a chip of the old block she has a trait of my grandfather my father and me one thing i like about her is that whenever she says her mind on doing something positive she always makes sure she succeeds and i'm very very grateful to god that god has always given me the mind to watch her grow i've told her times and times again never to be afraid of anything face whatever you want to do in life set your mind on it and make sure you succeed with prayers and god nothing is impossible for a lady i call her my tigress because mm-hmm. sometimes when i set assignments for her i make sure she does she do that assignment and she goes out of her own way to make sure that uh, she doesn't feel me in fact she's somebody i love very much and that's why i gave her the acronym the tigress mm-hmm. it's not the only one among my children that works like that but she's unique in her own way and she's completely different uh one thing i know is that i've been supportive of whatever she's doing positively and i has i saw some traits in her very very early at an early stage i saw some traits of being somebody who will do whatever she says her mind on and i've always supported her wow wow thank you so much that's <laughs> that's I, i'm saying thank you as if <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's me that it happened to but it's 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 really amazing and i love i love what you said because you're so right you know the um there, there's so much that has been um, and we've talked about in in previous um episodes about how um there's you know there's sometimes been the tradition where people tend to expect less of girls um or 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 treat them a bit less dif- you know a bit differently or less than they would their sons um and and it's it's really amazing to hear you say that about how um you wanted the most for her um as for anybody else um and so from that i want to ask you um rafia this this one's for you now 
Um, you've talked about the biggest sacrifice that your dad made. Um, the question I would like to, 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 to ask now is what would you say is the biggest lesson? The thing that, the thing that, you know, that thing that when you do it, you think to yourself, my, this is my dad. This is my dad walking. This is the effect of my dad on me. So what, what, what would that be for you? Wow. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think that when I think about it, I think it's three things. And I'm sorry that I'm saying three things, but honestly, these three things, like um, when I spoke about the biggest sacrifice, on the one that Mo read about on Instagram, I think that particular incident changed me in a lot of ways. It happened when we were nine. Yeah, I was nine when that happened. And that, in- that particular incident changed me in a very big way because it was a massive stuff that happened to my whole house and at the time. So I think that the biggest lesson that I have taken away from my dad is, is three things. Number one, you should be um, you should be confident enough in yourself to be able to get back, even when the world you know puts you down. You're going to get you're going to get put down, but you should be confident enough to be able to push yourself to to get to that place that you know that you can be, regardless of how many times that the world pushes you down. Secondly, is loyalty. I mean, um, I tell people when that situation happened, with, you know, with my, my dad losing his job, my dad is a very generous person. And it's not because I'm on this call. <laughs> my dad is a very generous person. And he was a lot, he was very given. But when that situation happened, a lot of people that he would give to obviously just disappeared from our lives. Only the people who were like his really, really core loyal friends stood around. And for me, that was a big lesson in if you're going to have people around you, please make sure that it is a loyal circle. Keep a loyal circle. And I always strived that I wanted to keep a loyal circle because I didn't want to find myself at the bottom of the bottom and just finding myself only, I'm the only person there with nobody around me to be able to pull you up apart from your family. So having a loyal circle was very, very important to me. And that was one lesson that I really, really took head on. I really took down on my head. Till today, if I, if I have a new friend and I sniff that they are not loyal, I'm running away because I just cannot have to go through that kind of situation again. So I, I really got that from him. And then finally is to dedicate your mind into making sure that everything you do has a bit of excellence. So even when it's over, whatever people get to say, they would always talk about the fact that you did an excellent job. So my dad was a banker. Yes, he, you know, he lost his job. But every time I would go to a branch of whatever bank and anybody saw my name and they said, oh, I used to a person's daughter. The next thing they would tell me was, wow, your dad was an excellent person. Your dad was somebody that, you know, performed his duties excellently. And so for me, that lesson of you have to be excellent, whatever it is they want to say about you, even if you end up not being in a place, let it be that whatever story that anybody has to say about you, it is positive. It is about how I've never met anybody that says to me, oh, your dad is, you know, so in fact, I've gotten some kind of favors that I don't think I deserve just because I say, oh, I'm Kola Akio and this daughter, you know. So those were the three lessons I learned from him. First, to make sure that you have enough confidence in yourself to build yourself back up regardless of how much you fall and number two loyalty if you're building a circle around yourself make sure that it's a loyal circle that you're building and finally attach excellence to your name regardless of where you're going whatever work you're doing attach excellence to your name wow i mean those are definitely great values to live by and i can definitely see how your dad has informed that process 
And I love how, you know, even calling his name, it feels like a proper now. Like, this is a standard of excellence. And thank you so much for recapping those three things. You know, I like when, I like when points and, you know, anecdotes are like giving like numbers, like three points, four points, five points. I think that's those masters. <laughs> so like confidence, loyalty, and excellence. So thank you. Um, Daddy, I have my next question for you will be this. Um, we definitely know the role fathers play in their kids' life, especially the daughters, and especially during yeah. the formative years. Um, we know that, for example, self-confidence, the ability to take on the world, um, being just bold and, you know, feeling like you, you're, you're, your confidence level, yeah. you actually get it from your father. But some kids grow up not having that, especially daughters. Um, so my question is actually two-sided. For do- daughters that don't have the kind of relationship Rafia had with you, and they're grown up now and they have that daddy-sized hole in their hearts, how can they go about you know, um, filling that up? And the reverse question, which I might have to repeat again, how does a fa- father foster a deep relationship with their children after a series of mistakes and lost time? Okay, let me start with the last question first. You see, a father will foster a good relationship with the children right from the onset. One thing is that I had, uh, I have a, a superior officer when I was in the bank. He used to tell me three things. Anytime we come to work, he said, look, Mr. Man, think of yourself, think of your family, then think of your job. That has always been on my mind. Mm. Thinking of yourself means you have to be a pillar for your family. And thinking of your family means anytime your family needs you, you should be around. Even if you are not around physically, there should be some sort of attachment that will make that string go on, whether you are around or not. One thing with me is that I love my children, and they know it. Despite the tight schedule of the banking uh, environment, I always make time out to take them out once in a while. And anytime we go out, you know, we are in total freedom. I free myself, their mom frees herself, and they free themselves. I let everybody to express himself the way he is. No who's bad. And one other thing is that the close affinity between a father and the children must not be faked. It must be genuine and original. They must have that confidence in you, whether things are going well or not. You should be able to stand for them in any circumstances, good or bad, in rain or in sunshine. That is one. Then the other question you asked me, is about yes, sir. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Can I? Um, can you about, please about daughters that don't have that experience and they've grown up now and they have that daddy-sized hole in their heart? How can they go about filling it up? Because we know these things are very important. Um, you see, you already have everything because confidence is the, is, is the most important thing. And even if you don't have a feather around, the confidence in you is enough to take you to wherever you want to go. Because if you don't have the confidence and you don't have that uh, a focus 
I don't think that particular person can go anywhere. So it all depends on the focus and the confidence in that particular person. You see, it is not when you fall and you can't get up, but it is the confidence in trying to get up after every fall. It is that confidence to show that, yes, I don't have anybody. God is with me, the ultimate, but in myself, this is what and what I can do. You don't have to depend on people so much because people can fail you. One particular thing I used to tell my daughters is to believe in themselves. Once you believe in yourself, first, believe that Almighty can help you to do things. Because if you put your confidence in people, they might fail you anytime and you may not be able to get up again. Thank you, sir. And I, I liked what you said about how they already have everything. Confidence can yeah. begin. They already have everything. And thank you so much for that reminder. I think it was a very excellent response. Thank you, sir. I, I wanted to ask um, Rafiat something. Okay. Um, so I, I want, I want, I, I, I'd like you to take us through back on memory lane and actually i'd like to ask this question of of your father as well um what what are your so basically i'm asking both of you um what are your favorite memories um for you rafia what are your favorite memories of of you and your dad when you were growing up and i'd also like to ask your dad and what his favorite memories were if they are different from yours but let's 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 start with you okay sure I think I have spoken about this story a lot because for me, it was a really ultimate test of, not like a test, but an ultimate um, stamp of knowing that my father really loved me. So um, growing up, my dad used to, my dad used to make us do like, um, I don't know how to put it, but he used to um, encourage us to say, you know what, if you make first position, second position, I'm going to buy you this, I'm going to buy you that. And I had done a crossover from primary two to primary four. I was really smart at that time. I'm still smart, but maybe not as much. <laughs> I mean, I, I had done a double promotion from primary two to primary four. To be fair, my mom didn't want me to do it, but my dad was like, you know what? Yeah, I think she should go ahead and do it. So I did the crossover. And for my primary two class that I was in, I was really scoring like first in everything. I was coming first in all the CAs. I was coming first in all the exams, all the whatever that was happening. So um, I moved over to primary four, meaning I skipped the whole class. And when I moved over to primary four, my dad, me and my younger brother were in the same school. I don't remember what class he was, but my dad had said, you know what? And I loved bicycles growing up. I had bicycles. My dad used to buy me bicycles for almost every stage of my life. I really loved bicycles, you know? So um, when I moved to primary four, my dad told me, you said, you know, you said, you know what? If you come first one to three in this particular class, this new class, I'm going to get you and your brother a bicycle. And I was really excited, looking forward to it. I remember my elder brother was the one that, you know, followed us to school and collected our results. When they collected our results, I found out that I didn't come first position. I didn't even come second. I didn't even come third. I came fifth. And oh. my younger brother actually came first in his class. And I was like, oh, my God. There is no bicycle for me. Only my brother would get the bicycle. And I remember the day that my dad was going to go and get the bicycle in Sabongeri Market in Kano. He was, you know, we all dressed up. Um, my younger brother dressed up and everything. And my dad looked at me and he said, ah, are you not going to dress up? You want to go and pick bicycle for the person that got first position. You, you don't want to dress up. And I'm like, look at that. How much of torture do I have to go through? I don't come first. Now I have to go ahead and escort my brother to go get the prize that we should have been getting together. But I'm like, okay, cool. No, I'll, I'll dress up. So I dressed up and I went with my dad and we went there. And when we got there, they, you know, asked my younger brother to pick his bicycle. My younger brother picked his own bicycle. 
And when he was done picking his bicycle and everything, and my, it was time for my dad to pay, he looks at me and he says, are you not going to pick one? And I'm like, what? But I, didn't, but I didn't come first. And he was like, you skipped a whole class. And from skipping a whole class, you were the top five in that class that you skipped. You are my daughter. You are smart. And you're going to get a bicycle for your effort. And for me, I, I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> It was such a beautiful moment that I'm just like, oh my, I, I didn't expect my dad to buy me a bicycle. Oh. It was so beautiful for me. I, I can never forget that memory. I mean, I have tons and tons of other memories, but that one really, really stands out. Maybe because it's one of the earliest memories of, you know, my dad really just showing how much he loved me to me. I don't know why, but that memory, even now that I'm talking about it, I feel a little bit teary, but that memory sticks in my head for a very long time because that getting that bicycle for me it wasn't just getting a bicycle it was my daddy telling me your efforts are seen your efforts are recognized and even mm. when you don't hit the mark you're, you should be mm. rewarded for that and that mm. is my favorite memory ever I'm dying to know what his, what his favorite <laughs> memory is but that is mine <laughs> I'd, I'd love to I'd love to know his but I just want to say I feel like I'm going to need tissue <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need I already used all of mine <laughs> so wow, dad what's that your favorite beautiful. memory <laughs> My favorite memory. That's serious. Mm. Well, my favorite memory about you was the first day I took you to Federal Government College Kwali. Uh, that particular day, I've already lost my job then, and uh, you never believed that you would get into that school. I made up my mind, despite the three scholarships that you rejected, and you told me that you wanted to be in Kwali. And I told your mom, I said, whatever happens, this girl must get to that school. Because even if you take her to England, should not be happy. So, seeing the glow on your face on your first day in that school was my greatest memory. This is something I will never forget. Mrs. Adama was standing and I saw the way you embraced her when she was trying to take you to, her, to your class for the first day. It was something I will never forget. It was a memory that lingers in my mind forever. Mm. Oh, wow, I mean, <laughs> that was so, so sweet. And I, I don't even know what to even say. I feel a little bit tongue-tied, but thank you both I'm, for sharing. I'm a little bit speechless myself. Because, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> because I, rem- I remember that day and I was just so excited. I, I was so happy. And I remember I Mr. Dama was ended up being my guardian. I just remember that day. it was really exciting for me because I knew that we were having financial troubles in the house and just knowing that I still got to make it into because I actually felt sick waiting for the admission into that school. Oh. <laughs> so to see that my dad did everything to to let me get into that school was, yeah. was, was really good. And I'm, I'm glad that he, he had a memory of that. Yeah, and I think we've had like um talked about three fathers on the show, including yours in the past, you know, month for you know, June being Father's Day and all that. And I think the community of the stories is just the focus on education and sacrifice. 
you know, like Gerardi's dad, you know, which was an episode we had, you know, two, 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 two weeks ago, talking about how he put everything to the education, my dad as well, and then your dad as well. And I think the lesson here is, you know, for even parents that might be listening to this is invest in your kids' education and always consider their preference because it goes a long way. So thanks for reminding us of that. Um, I, I just wanted to make a quick, you know, ask a quick question. How many siblings do you have, um, Rafiat, and what's your position? I have five siblings, okay. and on that ladder, let me see. I think I'm the third. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I the have middle five child. Siblings. <laughs> yes, I'm in the middle. Do you, <laughs> do you fall into those stereotype of the middle child syndrome? I know that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. So, um, my question for you, um, Rafia, to be this: um, when we talked to Gerade during the episode, you know, that we had with her. We talk about how when you're when you're so full at home already, like your father has filled you up, which is very important for a girl child, and you go out into the world, you navigate the world, you tend to for people you want to do life with, because I know you're married, you tend to want to you know make sure that they have some traits that are important to you. Like for example, Jordan mentioned that she wanted someone that was you know very that was going to be as expressive as a dad. So I'm wondering, like in choosing your spouse. Were there some things you were looking for that you know that uh, my dad has given me this much or I cannot compromise? If they were, what were those traits? And I don't know if that question made sense. It absolutely makes sense. And it's so interesting that it's over like years after we got married and I'm beginning to see a couple of similarities between the man that I married and my dad. Mm. Yeah, but one thing that was important for me, you know, um, when I was looking for a spouse was it was important that you saw me as an individual. You couldn't, I didn't want you to see me as an extension of yourself or that you were saving me because guess what? I already had a superstar that saved me. So you can't be coming where I needed somebody that saw me as an individual, that saw me as Rafiat and loved what Rafiat was about. And so I, 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 when I was looking out for a spouse, that was important to me. And number two, I wanted somebody that didn't see the way that I was outspoken as a problem, right? Because like I said, I was a very talkative child. And my dad really encouraged me, like, talk as much as he wants. So it was important that you don't see me as, ah, why are you just making a lot of noise? Why are you just talking? So for me, the two things I was looking for was, number one, I needed someone that saw me. Like, you needed to see me as Rafiat the person, not just Rafiat, my wife, Rafiat, my girlfriend, Rafiat, not nah. Just see me as an individual. It was very important to me. And number two, be able to support the dream that I had for myself because I knew that in the, where I was coming from, they supported every dream in as much as it was legal and it wasn't anything that went outside of the lines of the law or outside of the religion of Islam. They were going to support it. So you needed to be on board 100% with that support. If you're not going to be able to give that support, I wasn't going to jump on board. And I think those were some traits that I was I was actually looking for but I've also found out over time that the caring nature of my dad is something that my husband has but I don't think it's something I was um actively looking for I'm not even going to say I was I wasn't actively looking for it but I found out that he he also has that that caring nature of making sure that he's always there despite not being able to be there all the time because he also walks and travels like my dad I didn't know that I shouldn't have gone for that (laughs) but i mean he's also always wanting to know that you know what even if i'm not there for you physically i'm there for you so it was later on that i discovered that it wasn't something that i was actively going out there to look out for so yeah those are some things i would say that you know my husband and my dad actually do share in common yeah i think at the end of the day we 
and I know this might be a, a cliche. We end up marrying, you know, our fathers, you know, right? And I've seen, I've seen posts of you and your husband, and I totally love your friendship. I love how very playful he is, and you know, I, I think you're such a such a perfect fit, uh, fit for each other. And I'm so glad that what you what you got from your father has filled you up so much that even though you, you said you weren't looking for it, perhaps some, it was something that attracted you to him. What you on a on a very fundamental level. The connection was there because you already knew what you were looking for, even though you couldn't articulate what exactly that was. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking exactly that. I, I wanted to ask um, your daddy question next. Um, so we've heard a lot of wonderful things about you. <laughs> we've heard a lot of wonderful things about you, but um, I also know that if there's one thing that I'm aware of in in uh, in my work, I used to volunteer with teenagers, um, and I used to interact with a lot of parents in you know both in Nigeria and since I moved to the UK. Um, and if there's one thing that I've found to be almost a hundred percent consistent, it's that I've never yet met the parents who hasn't dealt with parental guilt, um, and it seems to be something that pretty much every parent lives with. There's always that, that sense of never, you know, always feeling like feeling like I've not done enough or maybe I made some mistakes. Um, and I'd like to ask what, you know, if you're happy to share it, what would that, what, what would that be for you? Where do you feel um, a sense of maybe guilt or regret or something you feel, or you wish you could have done differently or done better or, and, and, and yeah, like if you had a chance to do it again, what would you do differently? And how do you deal with that feeling? Um, how do you manage that feeling or cope with that feeling? One thing I would like to do differently, if I'm opportunity again, show the life of my children earlier than I did. You know, education is something I cherish very much. I will have structured their education differently. I will make sure Nothing disturbs their education, no matter what happens. In any circumstance, I will make sure I'm very, very close to the children and the family. I will pray to God to give me more money and more money to make things easy for me and make life easy for them. Because in this life, we always talk about money, 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 money. But uh, money is not everything. Sometimes money gets ashamed when it cannot work for you. I would love to structure their life in a way that whether there's money or not, the education will never be disrupted. That's one thing I think I regret not doing earlier. If I'd known things like this will happen Maybe I've done it another way. But God in his masses have been able to weather us through the storm. And if I have the opportunity again, I don't think that lacuna will exist. Uh-huh. Like I said, I said I will I will more I would be more careful and I would take you know more time on the education and being closer to them. Despite all that happened. I still, I still feel I've not been closer to the family the way I should be. Maybe, maybe, maybe 
things wouldn't have been the way it is if I did more closer. And the type of job I'm doing, you know, most times I'm always away and uh, I always find time to come back and squeezing love and affection in so little time. It's not something that is easy for a banker. Yeah. You no. Know, no matter what happens, a banker or any other person who is busy must find enough time for his family and children. That is something I think I will. I will, I will not like to repeat again. Mm. I mean, <laughs> my dad was a banker, and I, I I can let you know that it was so stressful for him. And I, growing up it was very difficult to find time for him to spend with his family. So I should just say that I think he did a very great job because the way Rafia still talks about, you know, growing up and her memories, despite how busy you were, I think that was very exemplary. And I guess the moral of the story is that even if when your kids see that you've done a great job as a, as a father or as a mother, as parents, we still carry that guilt, like, oh, I should have done a lot. I should have done a lot. So, but then, um, I think I think you did a very great job, sir, because your daughter is here and she's validated everything that you know you've said and even more. So um, thank you, sir, for at least sharing. <laughs> um, Rafiat, uh, as we round off, I wanted to give you an opportunity to say something to your dad that I, almost like if you were to leave him a voicemail that he could listen to over and over again, it could be like a, a love message or a thank you message. But pretend as if he's not here. But of course, you know he's here. But what are some yeah. of the things you like say to him? And yeah. Wow. Um, I would like to say to my dad, um, Kola <laughs> I, I like to call his name. I, I want you to know that your name, your name gives me a lot of strength. It's one of the reasons why I didn't change my name even when I got married because I couldn't connect with any other name apart from being called Rafia Takiwande. So I want you to know that your name has given me strength. Your, your, the level of your intentionality in wanting to be a better father is, is something that I recognize and I know that all of my other siblings also recognize. And sometimes you can be a handful, but... Your love is always, always there. And that's the beauty of you being a father. You're not perfect, but we don't only associate you with just being the discipline, just being the person who comes along with discipline. You're also that person who extends love. You're also that person who we always can run to. I remember I wanted to audition for something one time and I was so worried I was not going to get it. And I called my dad and I said, Daddy, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get this audition. And I remember what my dad said to me. He said, you are my daughter. You have the capability. And if you don't get it, it's because they are blind. And that's the confidence that you inspire in me. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for that strength. Thank you for your intentionality. Thank you for your love. And thank you for being better. And most importantly, thank you for loving mommy. The love that you and mommy share is such an inspiration to me personally. It's made me believe that love is possible. Marriage is possible. And every time that I run into any hiccup in this marriage and I feel like running away, I, I look at the way that you love her and the way that she loves you. And I'm just inspired all over again because I know that love and marriage can work. So thank you for that. Oh, wow. I was crying, though. I was crying as well. I mean, wow, wow. This lovely was from you. Well, thank you very much. Hmm? Well, nice to you. 
<laughs> See, so that is, I mean, you've heard it from your daughter. She's expressed everything that, and I think is you know, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful, Rafia. So, Daddy, for me, this is my own. I'm going to flip that question to you. What are some things you like to um, tell your daughter? Like, if you had to leave a voice message to her, like the way she just did for you, what would you like to tell her? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I want you to know that you will always remain my tigress. I want you to know that you always remain my daughter, no matter the circumstances. I want you to remain yourself. Do good for good sake. Expecting neither praise nor award, because I'm sure you're going to get both in the end. Be confident. Remain who you are. Don't allow any situation to weigh you down. No matter what happens, God Almighty is always in control. Like I told you, I will always love you, no matter what happens. In any circumstances, you remain my daughter, and I remain your father. You remain my tigress, always. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> All right, you should have warned me ahead to like stock my desk with Kleenex. I've run out of Kleenex now. Like <laughs> my heart is so full, and it's so amazing to just see. Yeah, like ah, oh, this is so beautiful, so beautiful, so so beautiful. Oh. very grateful for uh, this uh, interview and I'm very, very happy for the two of you for bringing this interview on. May God Almighty be with you all. May God Almighty hack into our silent supplications. Amen. And may you succeed in whatever you are doing. Amen. I wish you the best of luck now and forever. Have a pleasant day, my guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I hear you. Just <laughs> oh, no, no, wait, wait. <laughs> no. I accept it. It's an honor to be called one of the guys. I like the flow. I like the flow. Everything is just going really well. Uh, eh? <laughs> Rafiat, now let us, let us enjoy the privilege a little bit now, please. Okay. Eh? Cosmos right, for, cost, cost right. for us. Eh? <laughs> before before he goes um okay in our culture we believe that wisdom is with other people so as we wrap up are there some words of wisdom that we can hold on to to benefit our everyday lives okay you see times and tide wait for no one and a good name is also better than gold and silver Whatever you do, do it well. God will always be with you. Mm. Those are really, really rich words. And thank you so much. Um, one of the things we planned doing on the show was to set you both of you on a date. Um, and so we'll be communicating that with Rafiat. I don't know how the logistics will work because you live in Kano and you live in, I think Rafiat, you live in Lagos, matter. right? I can take a casual leave because of that, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rafiat, Rafiat, let us know. Um, you know what? Um, can you, Email me your phone number so I can chat with you on WhatsApp so we can set that up. I just want to make sure that we do something that is convenient for both of you. But we'll be sending you both on a date to have your father and daughter date and have a relaxing evening. 
And if you don't okay. mind sending us pictures afterwards so we can share and be um like be transparent with our followers that we follow through with our promise to send yeah. a daddy and I mean a, I, I don't know when I'll be going over to Kano, but I know he does have another daughter that looks exactly like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> she could just they could go on that date and they could take all the pictures and everything. And I, and I don't mind that. It has all. to be you, it has to be you. And whenever <laughs> you get it done, it's fine. We're not in a hurry, okay? We we'll right, just have cool. to set it up, but send me your number and mm-hmm. we can um, communicate on WhatsApp if that's okay. If you want me no to do it through Instagram as well, I'll do I that. Don't worry. Because okay. I live to Lagos, that'll be fine because I'm, I'm actually alone, so that'll be good. No problem. Is there, uh, no problem. I would take that down because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, sir. We really appreciate your time on the show today. Thank you I for appreciate just, you guys, know. too. I'm very, very appreciative. And God bless you, sir. And Rafia, it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. you. I can definitely see how where your confidence comes from. I mean, anyone that follows you on Instagram, they can always see how free and open and fun-loving and confident you are. I can, I can, talking to your dad now, I can definitely see that source of that. And thank you so much for, jo- for joining us and sharing all of your dad with us today. Thank you so much, Mo, for having me. Thank you, the um, IO Media. I'm also very grateful. Sorry for the technical hitches. Oh, I hope no, this doesn't no. give you editing. Wahala. No, no, we're, we're good. <laughs> we appreciate your help. All right, everyone. Don't forget to catch this episode and other episodes from the Most Simple Podcast. On behalf of everyone on the show, I want to say goodbye. So bye, everybody. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>